Welcome back, everyone, to Archercast number 43. Today, I am sitting here with uh, two very experienced interviewers, hence why I'm quite nervous, as you can see. Uh, they will be judging me heavily, I'm sure, and telling me how to do it correctly and how to do it wrongly, which is the way I'm doing it. Um, today, we've got Becca and Lizzie, uh, more commonly known as Boots and Heels. Um, guys, do you want to say hello? Yeah, hello. Thank you for having us. Hi. Yeah, great to be here. It's, it's, it's great to finally do this. Um, back in March, I believe, uh, we tried... Was it March? I, I think, think so. Yeah, yeah, it must have been. Um, we tried to do an actual physical collaboration where these guys were coming to Aaron, um, but you guys that follow me from Aaron um, or know about Aaron know that boats is quite an issue. And uh, funnily enough, that fell through. And unfortunately, we weren't able to ever film what we'd intended. But maybe one day in the future, um, maybe I'll be down even though you guys say north to me down south, uh, and we can try and do something more in the flesh, much more enjoyable. Um, yeah, no, we've got to do it. We've got to do it. And you Zoom's can make us your noodle soup. Yeah, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I sent I sent the guys a photo of uh, a chicken noodle soup I made. Um, yeah, and then I was left with this massive amount of chicken noodles, uh, chicken noodle soup of my own. So I certainly managed. But, um, I'm sure we can do that. To be fair, um, we did send you a postcard. It was lovely. I, would, I haven't seen a postcard in so long. It was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. Uh, yeah, that was very kind. To be honest, I should have probably sent you guys something. But anyway, I, I didn't. I'm a bad person. Here we are. We'll count this as the... Uh, and we still said yes to this. Miracles do happen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Before we get on into another excellent episode of the R2 cast, I would just like to thank the sponsor for the show today, The Scottish Farmer, a weekly magazine highlighting everything you need to know regarding the Scottish agricultural industry, whether it's breaking news, events happening in the sector, market reports, classified ads, or just wholesome stories happening in the industry. The Scottish Farmer's got it for you. Um... So it's, it's quite fun trying to do it with two people. I have done it once before um, on Zoom. It's always quite weird. There's that sort of waiting for a second just to hear another person talk. It would be good to hear a bit about you guys' background before we get into what you guys do at the minute. Um, who wants to go first? I'll <laughs> go first. <laughs> um, so I am, well, I currently work on the family farm, which is in North Yorkshire. Um, we're mixed, so we're arable and we've got a few sheep as well. And prior to this, I did work in kind of agricultural jobs, so a poultry equipment company. And then prior to that, I was a rural surveyor. Um, but I did always know I wanted to come back to the farm. And I think once you've lived on a farm, it's hard to leave it sometimes. I mean, definitely the grass can be greener on the other side and other jobs, there's a lot more stability to them, as, as you know. Um, but I knew I'd always, always come back. Um, prior to that, in terms of going to union stuff, um, I did my undergrad actually at Cambridge and did human social and political sciences. And then I went to the Royal Agricultural University um, kind of to go back a bit more to like an agricultural kind of topic and did um, rural estate management. Um, but I think me and Lizzie quite like the idea that you can have maybe an academic background and still come into agriculture because sometimes it's not really advertised like that. And actually there's a lot of jobs where you've studied something at uni and we need that kind of skill and expertise in, in agriculture. So yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell. 
I think there's a lot of transferable skills throughout every industry. And that sort of that idea of people come into farming, the only people that come into farming is someone whose parents were farm or you go down and you milk cows next door. You can't go as someone who's educated. And I think that's something we've really got to change. Um, and that doesn't strictly have to be a, de- a degree in agriculture, like like you're saying, uh, Becca. But about your background, uh, Lizzie? <clears throat> well, um, I guess I'm the complete opposite to Bex. So I am not from a farming background whatsoever. Um, gosh, I think my earliest memory on farm was when I was about five. And uh, my mum and dad said after that, I never really wanted to visit anywhere else because I bought a little cuddly lamb about this big. I've just found it, actually. Um, And from then on, I didn't really know what I wanted to do growing up. I'm not going to lie. I was a very creative person. I did my um, BA in English language and linguistics with media. So I was very interested in kind of marketing and how people speak and communication. Um, And then I did a master's degree in design because I wanted to, well, I've always been quite arty. So I really wanted to kind of build a bit of a portfolio. And while I was studying um, my MA, I uh, fell into a position doing marketing at a poultry equipment supply company. Um, And I knew nothing about it when I started. Um, And I actually soon started to realize I didn't really know anything about farming. I think the most we learned, and I always say it was, a cow says moo, that's your primary school. And then in secondary school was the cows destroy the planet. Um, But yeah, and I guess it was always this stereotypical view of being in farming as an older kind of male um, with his sheep. It didn't really, it was never pushed on me from an academic point of view um, because it was never available at the unis I went to and things. Um, So yeah, met Becca at Poultry Equipment Supply Company. We got chatting, Boots and Heels was born, and now I work at Farmers Weekly as a community editor, and I get to meet amazing people and share what I love about the industry. It's, it's great to see the, the different avenues into agriculture as a whole. Now, agriculture doesn't have to just be in a field. There's so much more mm. to the industry. Um, and, and I love that idea of no wrong path. I love that idea. Like, there's one place at the end and that's working in this industry and there's a gazillion ways you can get there um, and I just want to actually show off to you both that I actually do research and stuff like that and I'm going to embarrass myself as this is wrong is the is the poultry company called Venkomatic? It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just end the interview there shall we? Um, <laughs> so you guys both met um, at this company, had you met before or no? No, no, for, no, first time. And I guess even in our job roles, we were very... We were separate. Yeah, it was still very different. We were in different opposite offices, different floors. I was maybe, well, it was kind of a bit COVID time as well, but I was a, a bit more out on site, actually on farm. Lizzie, again, still kind of fulfilling that heels role of being more in the office. But again, we weren't just working in agriculture, we were working in the same company. So it shows that those roles are needed in every bit of agriculture. Um, so yeah, never met before and we just kind of got, got chatting, chatting over a brew. Yeah. <laughs> so there's so many people I've had on here talk about having a brew and that's how they meet so many people. I've got to start drinking tea. I'm, I'm, Do you I, not drink tea? No, I don't at all. Well, no. sometimes... 
you know how when like fancy people ask you to go for a meeting and you're like yeah i'll go for a meeting and they're like oh what drink would you like <laughs> i'm like uh, yeah i think i'll go for a mocha and like hold the coffee <laughs> you know, like, i'm just <laughs> really not good at anything well I, i'm from yorkshire so that's not sitting well with me one bit but we'll we'll move on with it it's fine it was going to so well fair, i named the company now we're gonna end it <laughs> to be fair i'm from middlesbrough so i really should be saying like I should be on the on the brew kind of front rather than a coffee too. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, I, I I can't have coffee or tea. It's uh, either of them. Well, I can't have is not true. It just it burns my tongue, tongue. You know, um, it's uh, it's all a bit too much. Um, could, just before we get on to sort of the the when you've met and stuff, could you tell us a bit about that company? It sounds like quite an interesting place in itself. I think oh, one. Thing, yeah, quite hard to like sum it up, but one thing that's really. <laughs> I would say that company, but the poultry sector as a whole, it is quite niche and yeah. people don't know that much about it. And people don't know the technology that goes into producing one single egg or, you know, one single chicken to eat. Um, so I'd say they like a lot of other uh, kind of equipment companies are so focused on welfare, the environment in the shed, efficiencies that you can kind of, um, that you can kind of employ in terms of like egg collection or yeah. feeding and watering the birds. So yeah, they were definitely um, at the forefront of that. Yeah, I think that's what sat well really well with me was you felt like you were making a difference um, because high welfare was was at the forefront. It was trying to look at kind of environmentally um, sustainable um, poultry solutions. But more than anything, I just... I really like to look at kind of the innovation behind everything, knowing, um, I mean, I didn't know that a brown hen is where we get our brown eggs, but a white chicken is our meat. Like, it would never have crossed my mind because why would it, from a consumer point of view, you see the end product? And I think it really started to open my eyes, and that's where me and Becca started to have conversations and questions. Um, and I met some really great people. I think that's why... I, I loved about it that's that's what made me fall in love with farming was the people and the stories and the different routes and, and how much um everybody in the industry has a passion for something whether it be their animals or whether it be um the kind of family generation or whether it be trying to make a difference I just yeah that's what really I loved about it the the what is there's also a thing about layers as well if if they have a pink, oh, there's something to do with the colour of the ear itself. Or the, it's not called an ear in chickens, is it? That correlates to the colour of the egg as well. That's just a completely unrelated thing. Yeah, I think, I think a Who pink, my mum will be listening to this saying, Wallace, how could you be so stupid? It's the other way around. A pink ear, or whatever the bit's called, is a light egg and a dark ear is a brown egg or vice versa. Well, I'm going to go and look at my fact. hens after this because I've got a variety of different breeds and they all, if I got you like half a dozen eggs, they'd be different shapes, sizes and colours from all the, the different colours to do with that. So I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> when, when were they allowed to be back out again, Becca? Was it just two days? Monday. Monday. That would have been so good. Um, oh my gosh. <clears throat> do you know what that means? All I bloody spend my, am I allowed to say that? All I bloom and spend my day doing is running around the yard, like checking in the in the stacks of straw, because I can hear a hen 
yeah. after it's just laid. And I'm sprinting there to be like, right, I need to gather these eggs. I mean, we don't have loads. We've only got about 20 or 30. But then when you want the eggs from them and, and then you find a nest and the egg nest might have like 30 eggs in it. And you think, okay, well, that's where they've been laying. <laughs> and you probably don't want to eat all those 30 either. That's <laughs> some of them some of them aren't great. <laughs> yeah. um, what's the test? If it floats, it's okay. I have to Google it every time. No, isn't it, it the, is it not the other way around? Probably. Whatever I Google it every time I wrong. think like about eggs. Yeah. I'm like, which way around is it? Because just to check them. But like those facts, those are cool. They're like puns, like excellent facts and exciting. We actually used so many <laughs> in our previous job role. Um, but no, it, it's other things like um, the way kind of eggs have to be positioned to best hatch. And it's crazy. I, I think it's yeah, no is it right? It's like the point has to go down. Yeah, it has to be down because then it's it's more chance of it hatching, isn't it? Yeah, there's so much stuff. You could ask I us stuff about the... chickens. We're quite. Do you know what? This is one thing I found was I actually do know some stuff about farming because if anybody talks to me about chickens, I'm like I'm a gal to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I know so little about chickens and hens and. I could sit and listen to random animal facts all day. One, <laughs> one fun one. <laughs> I mean, this is the best collapse since porn star Martini. And the, we're talking about random facts about farm animals. But here, this is what we wanted. Um, a goat, right? And maybe you both know this. <clears throat> a goat doesn't need to be pregnant to lactate. You can bring milk onto a goat naturally. Um, unnaturally. Yeah. I didn't know. I did not know that, but I've got another interesting fact about milking animals. Oh, oh go on, go on. Lizzie knows what this is, and it's about buffalo. If they're kind of unsettled or you've kind of brought them into a new place or maybe it's somebody new milking them, they don't let the milk down. So with a cow, when you put it in the parlour, it wanders in, you put the clusters on, you'll get milk. If it's milking, you get milk. Whereas a buffalo could be milking, but you might not get milk. That is cool, isn't it? Oh, I love the buffaloes. Love just, them. just on on buffaloes. Trying to plug both myself and these ladies. Uh, Buffalo Farm uh, is an interview they have done uh, with Stevie Mitchell, as have I. Our two cast thirty one. Oh, what I couldn't believe was, is it eight and a half percent protein? That's mad. Uh, it is something like that. I can't remember what the <laughs> maybe. I don't know if we actually talked about the exact figure, but it's it. We must have done when we were talking about the um the mozzarella. Um, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, because on <laughs> this is just a, a line of random facts now. Um, <laughs> on in a, in a dairy cow, you have your cisternal milk, which is your main tank, what you think of, what you see, which only I think is about thirty percent of the the milk capacity. The alveolar milk, alveolar milk, is the 80 percent. That basically, when you go up and you clean the teat originally, that stimulates that milk drop, and then you go along and you get that forty-five to ninety seconds where you then come back and then. It's, yeah. What a great day this has been. Um, this, is, so this, is why you, this is why you need people who know all that kind of scientific <laughs> stuff in farming to actually explain why these things happen. Exactly. So basically, you guys should co-host every R2 cast from now on and throw random little facts in and <laughs> guide me on my interviewing uh, confusion. Um, just, I, I, I still, like, I'm really focused on the the poultry thing now i'm quite interested quite interested you guys were basically from australia to the uk apart in this building um so i'm guessing you had pretty different jobs you were as you were saying uh, sort of more more out on farms uh, because could you tell us what you were doing um so i was 
kind of following from my degree. So doing um, a marketing and design role. So I did a lot of um, web design, social media, adverts. I was running a lot of events. So I designed some of the um, stands at Pig and Poultry. At, I won Best Stand Design at Refrepo, which Brilliant. was like, I didn't expect that. So I was well chuffed that year. Um, yeah, and I was doing kind of all the in-house stuff. So the things I guess you don't always think about you see all these kind of like lovely leaflets or adverts or you, like I was writing a lot as well. So I was doing a lot of like press releases um, and I started to do um, a lot to do with women in agriculture um, because I became really interested in kind of telling the stories of female poultry farmers, which then led on to um, kind of other farming sectors. Um, and that's when actually, Bex, you were there when I um, applied for the Women in Ag Scotland Committee. Yes, I did. And um, I was voted on. So that was really fun as well. That led into some other interesting kind of ventures. But yeah, that's what I was doing. Well, just, just why we've mentioned that as another rabbit hole to go down. What other sort of ventures did that take you to? Well, um, I got to meet some incredible people, mainly from Scotland. Um, virtually we are. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, virtually because um, I think we were still kind of in the, the in and out of lockdown phases. Um, but it meant that I got to kind of um, join some networking events. We ended up holding a online um, Women in Ag um, webinar, which was really, really fun. Um, I got to network and it meant actually I got to listen to people and understand maybe challenges and struggles that females might go through, for instance. Um, yeah, which then kind of spurred me on to go, actually, I really want to make a difference. And that really helped with conversations that me and Becca were having. So you just met having a nice cup of tea, maniacs, uh, and started chatting about farming, obviously got quite pally. Um, what, how quick was it that you guys had sort of met and you were like, do you know what? Let's create a podcast. Oh, gosh, it was it was a while because I want to say a while because we started kind of meeting outside of work. And we started this thing called Toasty Tuesdays. Like we used yeah. to like make toasties on our break and we would just sit and chat about life and questions. And I guess it was about a few months after we met maybe Bex. Yeah, it would because I guess, I mean, I didn't even know what a podcast really was, if I'm honest with you. Lizzie, obviously more kind of up per street with that kind of media side, the other platforms that you can use. I had genuinely never listened to a podcast when we first started and, and thought about starting Boots and Heels. Um, and I guess it was almost how we came from this, well, just conversations and questions that Lizzie had about the farm, I would have about the more media side, the marketing side. And it, it did take a while for that to form into an actual idea where we utilize the different perspectives, because at the start, genuinely, it was just a conversation where we were learning things. But obviously it developed and we thought, but are other people thinking these too? Are other people wanting to learn these kind of questions about farming that you can't just Google? And you can't. I mean, there's some stuff you can, but there's a lot of stuff that you need to be on farm for as, for as either we show it or you're talking about it or you're taking pictures of it. And, and you need something kind of interactive um, to really get the message across. And did it start just you guys having a chat or was there always intentions to have guests or how did that all begin? Or not how, but how, yeah, I guess how did it begin? 
Gosh, uh, <coughs> I guess it, we started with the question of what topics could we could we discuss? What questions do I have, and what questions? Um, what not even questions? What would Becca like to get across to the public, and how would we do that in an accessible way? So, could she kind of use me as a, a soundboard for some ways? like we used each other um and then I guess we kind of straight away said let's get some guests in because although we had our own opinions we thought you know we're very knowledgeable in our own subjects and expertise but it's really good to get that other kind of alternate opinion and that was when we just started reaching out to people and everyone was so willing um to share their story and it just went like went from there really and was it February last year, 2021, it kicked off? Sorry. God, yeah. 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 Over a year old. Um, very exciting. Yeah, How but that just seems crazy. Considering <laughs> where we are now, it's amazing. I, I I vividly remember a photo of you guys sat on bales. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it must have been, I think, even before you'd released one. I remember seeing that. And uh, I was like, this is so cool. And you guys won't know this, but I shared the Boots and Heels idea, the first article, right at the kickoff. Um, no. Yeah, yeah, no, like right at the start. Because I'd only started, what, f- four weeks prior um, with the podcast. And, and I, you know, I said something like, uh, oh, here's the competition or whatever. Um, but like, yeah, I, I shared it out and I was like, oh, this seems really cool. Love the idea. Um, and we've all heard the question, it's maybe died down, TikTok trends last about seven seconds, um, of uh, how many doors and how many wheels is there on the planet? The real question, and it rhymes with it, is boots or heels? Why boots or heels? Purely just because of what you wear or was there more to it? I think, so it's obviously a very literal, I usually wear boots and Lizzie is often wearing heels. So it's that's just very simple. However there's a lot more to it because the whole the whole idea of having different perspectives we're different personas you know we obviously wear very different clothes we do very different things kind of like on the weekend but we're both in the same industry so we wanted to kind of spread a bit of a a metaphor i guess that you can be boots out in the field you can be heels more in the office but you can also do both you know there's days when i'll be in my heels doing office work or and lizzie will be on the farm doing whatever so it's definitely a much wider metaphor to show that whatever you have on your feet you can be involved in agriculture yeah basically but I mean Lizzie came up with the name and I mean I'm not creative one bit um so I can't take any credit for the name but we did have a google doc with so many names and we were trying out all these different combinations but boots and heels genuinely just it just yeah, stuck in, yeah I can just see you guys sitting around the table going, hey, and welcome back too. And with all these different ones. Does that Honestly, good? I need to find the list. And if I find it, I promise I will share it. <laughs> Brilliant. I'd love to see that. Love to see it. So yeah, you, yeah. You've got that creative mind, obviously, Lizzie, where you're like, right, here's a good idea. Oh, but here's a good idea. Oh, but here's a good idea. I'm like, if a good idea appears, it's such a shock. I'm like, I have to use it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Same with me. The Riddle's Kitchen started, and I'm like, it's probably a dreadful name. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going with it. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's the, the the name itself is what what attracted me originally because I'm like, well, what does this mean? And I think having that is so important um, because you know if 
so many podcasts out there and it's like you don't have a clue what's involved and maybe my name not my name Wallace Curry doesn't have anything to do with it our two cast is is too limiting like it doesn't people don't know what that means whereas boots and heels you don't really know what it means but you're like but why does it mean that I'm going to click on this what does it mean um how how are you guys getting it out there are you are you releasing them yourselves you you guys are always work obviously working through farmers weekly um how does that sort of dynamic come about uh do you want me to kick this one off back yeah you go for it um well obviously we started it well before i worked at farmers weekly um and last july i joined the fw team which um i was thrilled about i, I was so so happy to kind of move from not just poultry but obviously farming as a whole and it meant I could really have a creative outlet and do writing and be involved with more kind of social media and meeting a lot of different people and to work for for Farmers Weekly you know the leading industry magazine I uh I mean I couldn't have been happier sure. um and when I, I joined um obviously FW have their own podcast and it was a conversation that we had about you know can we still carry on hours what you know with timing and everything and they said actually we really love what you girls are doing we um we've been following it for a while we think you hit a complete different dem demographic um and they wanted to support us so they acquired us um was it last september Bex? yeah about then about last september um and to be honest they've been really supportive they allow us to travel up and down the country they help us to get the message out there. Um, but more importantly, I think, is that they still allow us to have complete creative freedom. So we control all of our content. We come up with all of our ideas. Everything you see is from me and Becca still. Um, they're just giving us a more of a platform and support network. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been really beneficial because it's allowed us to get some really amazing guests. Um, you know, we can use kind of the YouTube platform and things. Um, yeah, I, ca I can't fault it. And I think from my perspective, it really helps having the backing of Farmers Weekly to kind of give us some um, or, or make our guests, our potential guests, have some confidence in us as a as kind of a concept as well, <laughs> because our guests have genuinely been fantastic. But if I emailed them, you know, Rebecca Wilson, four, five, six, seventy nine you know, at gmail.com, that potentially, that that could slip through the net, that sort of request or anything like that. So when we're able to come from, you know, having Farmers Weekly behind us, it really, really helps with the guests and having good guests, which they've all been amazing, is what brings people in to keep watching mm -hmm. again and again. And that's what gets the message out there. So it's, it's important all around um, to have that backing. That idea of that back and quite is so true. I mean, whether you guys know or not, um, this is sponsored by the Scottish Farmer, which is yeah. it's not the Scottish equivalent to Farmers Weekly. We still definitely have the Farmers Weekly up here, um, but it is it's definitely Scotland's biggest agricultural magazine. Um, and having that sort of credibility, whereas I would send a, a I've got like a sort of copy and pasted thing that I send to people um, that's got information about what is involved and I sort of change it slightly for each person and having added sponsored now by the Scottish Farmer I would say I would get 50% more response yeah uh, it's it's good to having that backing um, but that creative freedom you're talking about is excellent because the second you see someone 
um, who you've maybe followed, well, what was that? That was until September. So you had it for, for seven months. It was just you guys. You get used to that person or those people and you get used to their mannerisms, whatever that might be. The second that changes, it's so clear. And I think that reduces credibility in itself. Um, so it's good that they're allowing you to do that. I must say I'm very much the same myself. Um, and just, just a plug for the Farmers Weekly podcast as well. Um, if you don't listen to it, it's it's... It's not like what we are doing. Yes, they have guests on, but it's more sort of a look at the industry today, what's happening today. Maybe, well, not maybe, we've got some market reports. I believe it's Johan Tucker and Hugh Broom. I haven't watched it for a while. It um, is, yeah. They're the, the hosts. Um, but yeah, one of one of the other great farming podcasts out there, if you're unlike Becca and enjoy a podcast. Uh, it's, <laughs> no, I obviously listen to the Farmers Weekly one every week without fail, I promise you. <laughs> to be fair, I'm still just kind of mind-blown that you um, saw our the orgy image that we took on a little self-timer fawn in Becca's farm together. <laughs> but we, what we were... Have you seen that TikTok trend? You know where it goes, can we skip to the good parts? Yeah. You know that song? We should oh, do we that. We wanted to do it with that photo because we were like, oh gosh, we were there putting the self-timer on, sprinting. Now we have our video videographer, Cole. I mean, shout out to Cole because he can make, I mean, when I'm looking like this, he can still make a photo look amazing. And we wanted to do one of those. We're now having that. Um, it just makes such a, such a difference. And actually on that, now we've moved to YouTube. I mean, we'll probably touch on this later, but having somebody to actually do the videoing for us is so important because otherwise we couldn't get stuck in. We wouldn't be able to actually follow through a conversation where, where we'd want it to go. I mean, there's definitely times when we video ourselves and it is a bit more maybe informal and we, we can still get stuck in, but it just takes one stress off us having um, Cole going around with us. Yeah. Did, did he edit for you as well? Yes, he does. Oh, initially, initially, um, it was us. Like I did all the ed- editing. That's that's fair to say, isn't it? I did. Like, I can't even use a. Co- I mean, I had to download Zoom <laughs> to go on this call. Let's not pretend I can do computers. <laughs> um. So yeah, I used to do all the editing for the podcast back in the early days. And to be fair, I still do some video editing now, but more for kind of the social media stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. Cole is well in his element. He knows his stuff, so we just let him, um, edit it. He knows, but. When I say it, we let, he, edit, he edits it. We still kind of go, this is the content we want to keep here. This sure. is, you know, he just he just does the tech side of it and does a fab job. Do you know, it's, it's one thing, yeah, you look at the content you're creating and you take ideas from different folk and so on and so forth. And um, <clears throat> my one thing I've seen that you guys do, I don't know what happened there, my phone did a thing, my iPad did a thing, um, is, is the fact that you don't go out and you just film a video right this zoom call i will release it all because i just like doing that i want to start doing the whole let's go and meet someone let's have a chat let's sort of see them in their own environment edit it through it just time wise just don't have it in a minute but that, that's something i'd have to look at changing but having that videographer as you say and carl a uh, you know camera person whatever whatever they're doing <laughs> it's insane what difference they make like i mean i've only had had a camera team over myself, I think three times now, and I've talked quite well on camera. But getting the idea of where to talk is so surreal, and you're like, my body doesn't turn the way you're telling me to stand. <laughs> like, <laughs> where's this happening? Um, but when you see it, like you say, Mecca, um, you look fantastic. By the way, don't think you don't. Uh, but it, it's insane how much better it makes a a publication look. It's it's excellent. So 
that that's got to be handy. On from a, a sort of on a podcast perspective, everything that's important is how far that's getting out. Do you guys know what sort of views you're seeing? You're getting, or just put them out and see how it goes. As in uh, our YouTube, our current series. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, gosh. Well, it 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 does range. <clears throat> I mean, we ended last season with some kind of um, teaser. I want to say teaser for the, the we we started with Tom P. Um, to see how the YouTube stuff would go. And I think that ended on was that 70,000 views back. So that was really good. Um, and then obviously we've just kind of moved now to like a full video series. And we're getting, to be fair, we're getting about like three, 4,000 views video at the minute. Um, and that's public knowledge. You can go on the videos and, and see sure, the yes. views. Do you know what I mean? Um, and we're just hoping to keep growing. Like at the end of the day, we always said if we can make a difference to one person's perspective, and they can learn something about the industry or take something away, then we've done a good job. So the fact that we've even got thousands of views and we're like featuring on like podcasts like yours or we've been invited onto, you know, like ITV or whatever, it's it's surreal. And we are so grateful every single day that we get to do this. I think that's a really good point because for us almost YouTube is one part of it. We're trying to utilise basically as many platforms as possible. So I guess our interactions and impressions on Instagram are kind of through the roof at the moment, they are, yeah. you know, in, in proportion to, um, to kind of followers and that sort of stuff. Some of our TikTok videos have done really, really well. Yeah, I think what like, a few of them have hit like 30,000 on TikTok and things. So it's just, yeah. it's going and see what works. We're learning every day, you know. Your, your Instagrams are flying. And, and I'm a bit of an analytic nerd. Like, um, Instagram is something that if you get that sort of jump, you have to ride it. And like, I mean, you guys have jumped from like two two to I think these are sitting like five four at the minute on Instagram. Like, and that's been pretty quick. I'm pretty sure that's been in series three. Yeah, uh, it's been you know, it's been really quick. Now you've had some massive names on, um, such as well, Kelvin Fletcher, Yorkshire Shepherdess, Tom Pemberton. Who else? I think. Uh, Sophie Gregory, there's some huge names out there, Emma Gray and Ewan Irvin. Um, have has having bigger names made it go better? Yeah. I can't yeah. I, we can't deny that, you know. Um, I think it it always helps because again, it comes back to that kind of not just credibility, you know, people trust you. And I, th- I think people trust I th- I'd like to think people trust us as as kind of presenters and interviewers now. Um, but yeah, you know, people, these people have already got followings and if we can kind of combine with them and have their support, it, it may, it does make a difference, you know, and we always say if we can, I mean, we haven't got the biggest following at the minute, you know, we've still got a good following, um, and we're, we appreciate everybody who does interact with us and, and follows us, but we always say if we can help somebody who maybe has less followers, we definitely will because everybody has to start somewhere. And all of our guests, our big guests, have understood that, and that makes, yeah, makes a big difference. I think that's um, that's such a good point in that everybody does have to start somewhere, and we're all working towards the same goal. We all want to spread a positive message about agriculture. So for us, it's a no-brainer if somebody wants to work with us or approaches us. And I mean, series three is basically booked up. I mean, we're it, that was booked up like within. Yeah, we're- 
a few months basically but yeah. yeah if there's any way we can fit in working with anybody who shares our message we will because for us it's not about competition it's about farming and agriculture yeah. and industry and why it's so great and why people should get into it it's not about the numbers it's about the message yes but a higher numbers to get that message to is a good thing yeah yeah definitely. 100% yeah. It's the the message thing's quite interesting. If you type my name in Twitter, that barely ever do end in Twitter. By the way, do not follow me on Twitter. It's dreadful. It's a photo of me and a potato, and I am just sharing loads of FIFA competitions. That's all my Twitter is. It's not a good place to be. Um, but I was tagged in a thing. I spoke at the NFU Scotland AGM this year, and they, they they've taken a quote from me that I don't even remember saying, but I think it's a great quote. Um, like if people like yourselves myself larger uh, sort of people larger um followings clarkson kelvin fletcher all these people sheep game everyone are putting out this massive message and that's great but i think the best thing that we can do is just sort of live by this positive message if you're in the pub have a chat with someone about it and be positive about it and show the good sides and that that's a thing that you don't need to be an influencer to do um yeah just if you believe in that, just have that chat, have that conversation. It's, it's good to get that out. Um, you mentioned a couple of times, uh, Lizzie, you hope that you're credible and you hope that uh, you're you're trusted as an interviewer and, and so on and so forth. You've not came from being on a farm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Has credibility been something that's ever been a challenge from that, sense, that perspective? Um, yeah, I think so, to, um, to some degree. And I think... You know, I've been to some conferences with younger farmers and new entrants, and I think it's not just me who feels that sometimes. First-gen farmers, um, I've definitely spoken to who felt it. And I think it's this idea of, okay, I'm not from a farming background, but I still have a really big passion for the industry. Mm. I've never claimed that I'm on farm every day and doing the same job as Becca, but I'm still doing a job in the industry and still trying to get the message out there. And without people in the office you wouldn't we wouldn't be getting those messages out there either you know we've got to have kind of content made designers have got to make things people on social media have got to to get those um, messages out there and I'd like to think actually people can can relate to that I'd like to think that especially kind of new entrants can look at somebody like me the heel side of it and go oh do you know what yeah we could do this or somebody who hasn't considered a career in agriculture can go oh well actually I can still do a job in design and and still be in farming um because you know we have had um we haven't had a lot of trolls but we have had a few comments here and there whether it's it's about um what do I do in agriculture for instance what what exactly do you do and it's you know you've got to kind of brush that off because we know we're doing the best we can and we're very lucky that we have each other's support yeah and yeah that's that's great to hear that that support's there and I think um I would say that support's there from well I can't say all of the farming community but as much of it is we're all here like you were saying earlier Becca we're all in this together we're all pushing that um same positive message and those that are saying what are you doing farms I get it as well oh you're pretending you're a farmer when you just uh sit in a classroom all day 
like, yeah we all there's all that weird idea and i'm like well yeah fair but i'm trying to teach the future generation you're trying to promote the industry that like it's not just and i, I say this a lot in podcasts and i see it probably focus like a year in it it's not just people on the ground they're just yeah. as important as everyone and it's it's um it's it's sad that that's still a thing um that you mentioned trolls uh, <laughs> i always think trolls is such a funny word because <laughs> i just feel like it doesn't do what it is justice um yeah i was saying to you guys just off camera that uh, i put a, a a bbc social video up with well, bbc social put a video up that i made um last week just about the natural progression from lambs being born it's actually really funny when the lambs was born and then ran away when she, the others have another lamb i couldn't believe it it's proper fly in the wall stuff um so yeah go watch it if if you want uh, but in the comments, you'll see there's a lot of pro-farming, there's a lot of anti-farming. Um, and one of the comments, I won't actually repeat uh, on on camera, but some of the stuff that people say to you, you're like, you could not say that to a person if you met them in the street. Mm. But is is there anything that you think, like, is would you say it's a problem? You say you get some, but let's say you didn't have each other to sort of talk about it and stuff. Would, would that be it? Would that be impacting either of you? I... I think one thing about trolls is it does mean at least people are engaging and actually when they comment on stuff, all those algorithms, which I obviously know nothing about, <laughs> something gets pushed a bit further yeah. every time they comment. And again, as I said, when we were talking before, people who are very passionate about it and, and, uh, and know the facts about it often respond for you. So yeah. you don't personally probably need to engage with it which I think is really important because the second you engage if you if you take it personally trolls always have a reply their reply is irrational it's not factual but they always have a reply so it's something that we try not to really engage with unless we feel like actually we'd like to kind of myth bust here um but yeah we'll just screenshot something we'll send it to each other we'll have a giggle and then we'll be like oh, well, I actually really like that episode or I love visiting them, so I don't care what they think. So, yeah, being able to bounce off that same feeling with somebody else, I think, is really, really good. But it's like you said, again, to draw on the fact that we're all in this together, a lot of people trying to spread a message, whether it's about agriculture or not, will get trolled. So, unfortunately, life now, a lot of people will know how you feel if you've been trolled. So there are, you know, there's loads of people who, who you can say, oh gosh, look at this yeah. comment. But yeah, I had this one as well. Like, it's not great, is it? But then you can bounce it off and then move on. I think um, what you were saying, Wallace, about kind of if we didn't have each other, um, I think nine times out of 10, I'm, I'm quite good at just brushing it off. Me and Becca will have a chat. But a, a topic we do often talk about is mental health and mental well-being. And if I'm having um, a darker day or my anxiety is really bad, um, not to say that I can't handle it as such, but I might find it more difficult to brush that off and it might linger a bit longer. So it's definitely something um, that I think it's good to talk openly about and say, actually, you know, these things can affect us. They can um, affect your mental well-being, And it's really good to have people to talk to about it. Like, as, I've, as I say, I've got Becca and we can have that chat because... Yeah, it's very easy to get hooked on a screen and we get all these amazing comments and all these amazing messages. And we, you know, we had, a, we had a message the other day and someone said, because I listen to you guys, I've got an interview on farm. I, I applied for the interview, my dream. 
and I'm going to do it. And I would never have done that if it wasn't for you two. And we get all these messages and it's so easy to get fixated on that one negative comment. It's so easy to be like, oh gosh, well, maybe we didn't do that enough or maybe we should be doing better or maybe I'm not like um, good enough for the industry. And it is easy to question yourself if you're not in um, a good mental, like a mental health day. Um, but yeah, I think if anybody's listening and they do get those kind of negative comments is to, to talk to people, brush it off, um as you all as you said you wouldn't hear them say that to you in the street so yeah and, and you know the, talking about mental health theology is really real and it's it's a it's a we're talking about covid as a pandemic and mental health and farming and yeah not just farming we're talking about farming mental health is a struggle in farming there's a lot of so working um there's a lot of pressure lying on the shoulders of a few office is quite often your home um, there's a lot of trickiness out there but but the thing that I really picked up from what you said there is how cool is that message from that person that went went onto a farm and they wouldn't have done that before like that that like lightens up my day that does that's amazing um, we were so happy yeah like, we get just, we yeah <laughs> we say if you make a difference to one person and usually we think along the lines of oh they learned something about that cow or yeah. oh they realized what goes into feeding a sheep to get a message where it's life-changing it's not just knowledge broadening yeah. it's life-changing it's something obviously you kind of think will happen and we've had a few more like that and again even like on the mental health route or anything we've had some where it's not just I learned something it's that's going to change my life yeah and it's been re it's, you know it's had an impact because you've shared your story of how you struggle or because you guys have spoken so openly or whatever um, this is this has made me think about this or it you know I can now openly talk about it and it's made a difference like a real difference to somebody's life and yeah that that makes everything worthwhile doesn't it Rex? For sure. No that's awesome that's 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 brilliant I, lo I love that sort of thing the, and, but you're so right about focusing on the negative and um, it's you, I don't know what it is whether it's a, a trying to better yourself or a of what it is but i've had one negative comment on youtube and it's the one that's in my head <laughs> i've had so many positive ones my youtube's not massive it's i've hired a promoter lately and it's blown up but like the it's not massive um i would say i've had the best part of 200 really positive comments throughout different podcasts and then this one person says you're so bored and no one's to listen to you and I'm like, it's stuck in my head red free and but you just fix that? it on it you fix yeah. it on it because like um i was gonna quote t swift there she says um oh, she says uh everybody's like a big critic but you're your biggest critic so you kind of like latch on to something and then you start to like be really negative and cruel and mean to yourself um which you shouldn't be you know it's we just i think we're kind of born to to fix it on the negative sometimes and always try to be something more when actually everything we're doing is enough and just being us is enough. Yeah, but I think it's a trait of someone who wants to do better. Mm. I think if, if you see that and you're like, shit, I've got to do better, you do it. <laughs> and I think I think it is a thing that people who are like, they're motivated to get better, they're motivated to do something correct. It happens and it's so true. I mean, me and my colleague, Gemma, uh, she's a agricultural lecturer, same office. We were in the same year at uni. Um, we're, we're now lecturing together. We will often phone each other, like, oh my God, I've done this so wrong, I've fallen apart. <laughs> the other one's like, 
that's perfect, like what you're talking about. And then it's sort of you're you're always the hardest critic of yourself. And I think it's it, there's a negative in there, but there's also a, a positive. Like you're doing it yeah. for a good. And um, you've been talking about a uh, sort of new entrants and people feeling like they're not credible because they're a new entrant. In my head, as someone who, if I decide to go back and farm, that's not a decision I've made. But if I do, I would be third, kind of third and a half generation farmer. Um, and I think if anything, someone who's doing the same as someone who, someone who sort of came into farming and doing what they're doing uh, from nothing, that's more credible than someone who's just taken on. I, I think, and that's not, I know Becky, you're in that position, so am I. That's not taken away from those folk, but I think the, the, the what would you say, the risk that's involved in that, and I commend folk that do it. So I think if you're one of those people that is jumping into farming and you're thinking, oh, I'm not as good as someone else because they've done it for however long, don't think that is a thing at all. And, and what I will say is uh, if you want to go back and see some podcasts with people that have started out in farming, number six is with our farming journey, Jake and Rachel down in Devon. Uh, number 29 is a guy, Ross Pattinson in, uh, in Cumbria, both of which never from farms and uh, now either own or rent their own place. So it's great to see those stories. <coughs> Lizzie, you, what was that, sorry? Oh, sorry, I was going to say, speaking to lots of the guests that we've had on, and if we we touch on new entrants and first-gen farmers, which we do, I mean, one episode with Floss is specific to first-gen farmers, but there is a theme that runs out and people say, well, actually, some of the best farmers I know are new entrants, and it's because they're not afraid to try something different. Yeah. They've probably had to, and again, not taking away from people who inherit farms and whatever, they still work obviously equally as hard but they haven't had to make that step to get their first bit of land to you know you know invest in all the infrastructure required to to farm um so you've sometimes got a lot more a lot more resistance probably a personal resistance and kind of resilience as well if you've started up from nothing um and as i said not taking away from people who haven't started from nothing but you can be very, very good at what you do, sometimes even the best at what you do, because you think a bit outside the box. Completely, completely agree. And uh, is, is it Ralph? Is that Ralph that's wanting them? Is it, have I got the name wrong? He's been absolutely them and jumping on the sofa, <laughs> barking. <laughs> Let him make an entrance. Let him say hello. If you want. He, was, he was trying to dig the sofa earlier, and I was like, oh my gosh, stop. <laughs> um. <laughs> so busy thinking about Ralph, forgot what I was going to say. Also, yeah. I feel like that's very good research that you know he's called Ralph. Like, I, I appreciate that. You mentioned it on the. <laughs> so, um, I'll give you a bit of background for those of you who are listening. Um, this isn't for you to, you know, this. Uh, this connection happened. I've followed uh, Boots and Heels, not watching every podcast ever. Uh, I'm a bit like yourself, Ben. I'm not a huge podcast listener, but listening here and there. Um, but always followed what was happening. And then they did an Instagram live and uh, I commented something and they read out my comment and I screenshotted it and shared it saying, oh my God, the, the queens have podcasted or something, I've, I've seen my comment. And it was in then that you you mentioned his name. That was, that was how I know it. I hope you've kicked your feet up and got comfy and enjoying another fantastic episode of the R2 cast with another really interesting guest. I would just like to quickly take another second to plug the sponsors of the show today, The Scottish Farmer, and I would strongly advise you to go out and pick one up this week and see even more of the fantastic people that are in our industry.
Liz, you mentioned um, when you were talking about uh, mental health, you said, you know, mind your head. And I'm guessing the reason you said that isn't just it runs off your tongue. It's because you're involved with Yellow Wellies. Um, yeah. Could you, us, could you tell us a bit about them? A great, great institution. And if anyone's interested in the Yellow Wellies Foundation, check out R2Cast number 13. Um, we talked to Stephanie Berkeley there. But could you tell us about how what your involvement is there? Yeah, so um, we first started working um, with Yellow Wellies for their Mind Your Head Week um, in February. Gosh, that feels like ages ago. Um, so we did that with Boots and Heels and we wanted to um, help them with their campaign on mental well-being and mental health. So they're a great charity um, that um, promote farm safety and also um, mental health in agriculture. And um, it was really good to get involved with that. Obviously, Becca could really kind of add value for um, the farm safety side as well as mental well-being. But I felt from a personal point of view, it was quite nice to kind of put across experiences that I've had and talk openly, probably for the first time publicly about it. Um, and I wanted to show that actually these kind of charities and organisations are accessible for people all people in agriculture, not just people on the ground, not just people in the field. You know, if you're stressed at work, at your desk, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling the effects still of the pandemic or whatever's troubling you, you can still access these resources. So um, I applied, um, after that, I applied to be a Yellow Ellie's ambassador and I've just been accepted. So yeah, oh, okay. really, really chuffed about that and hoping that I can continue to talk about um, yeah, you know, days I do go through challenges and I hope that people who might follow us or follow me um, online can see, okay, I'm doing all these things, I'm traveling, I'm, I'm getting to meet loads of people and you see kind of, you know, you see us being bubbly and happy and excited, but actually there are still days where I struggle and I, 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 I'm okay to say that. It's not a weakness, it's a strength. Absolutely, and it's a strength to say it. Now, it, I um, I've been one of those people that pretended everything was perfect all the time, forever. And then when I went through my breakup last year, we'd been together six years. We'd just bought a house a month prior. All this stuff was happening. Uh, and I just found the easiest way to deal with it was I just posted about it on Real Kitchen. I talked about what I was going through. I didn't do anything that would, you know, put Jess out there or whatever. It was just purely about how I was dealing with stuff. And it was the best thing I've ever done, <laughs> you know, yeah. just talking about that thing. And, and the more I spoke about my weakness, the stronger I became like it's, and it's getting that image out there is so important. And it's such a stigma in farming. Yeah. It's terrible that everyone's got to be perfect. There's never any issues. And everybody's um, got to work. What I'm finding is everybody's got to kind of work and work and work and work and not take a break and I'm not saying that's that's the easiest thing to do but from someone from a non-farming background and I see Becca working day in and day out um she'll see I'm working hard you know I'm doing I'm, I'm working a lot of hours too but yeah I think there's, there's a big toll there that some people don't see unless they're in the industry um Absolutely. and there's a lot of pressures a lot of pressures although I think I think one really positive thing that you mentioned there, Wallace, the fact that you use social media and yeah. kind of platforms to talk about it. We're in probably one of the one of the hardest times as we talk about trolls and that visibility 24-7, but we can actually turn it into a really positive thing for 
either whether you're sharing something personally, whether you can follow someone else's story or whether, and I think it's a really, I don't know if people think about this, but obviously if you think you're suffering with, with some kind of mental health challenge or, or condition, you think, well, I couldn't possibly go to my doctor. I couldn't admit to my doctor what I'm feeling. But what we can do nowadays is look on websites, look on social media, watch people's blogs and YouTube videos. And that gives you a step in privacy almost to kind of address what you're thinking, learn about the conditions that are out there. Because we don't we don't know all of them. We just see depression. Mm. But you don't know that there's a whole host of host of other different types of mental health conditions, which might sum up how you're feeling more than depression. Because you might look at that and think, well, I don't feel those ways, but I don't feel right. And then you discount it. Oh, well, yeah. I'm definitely not going to my doctor. But the information out there now means you can make that first step in your own time and without that straight to the doctor phase, which I think is really difficult for people, particularly in farming. Definitely, definitely. And I think there's there's things even away from mental health. There's there's neurodiversity is a, a thing that as, you know, autism or Asperger's or whatever, that's been looked as a disability. And I this name, neurodiversity, I think is excellent. It's the best name because... You know, I, I'm a lecturer. I see students with autism, with Asperger's, with with mm-hmm. various what was called conditions, um, and the the abilities they have in a different manner is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, there's there's so many there's so many things, and and this is only in the last ten years that these things have got better. That people would have went through as as our age, as adults, as old people that they thought they were looked down on because it was different or wrong or whatever. And it's so good that these things are starting to be talked about now. And it's, we're seeing the positives to them as well. Um, it's, it's great actually. And you know, um, I, I didn't realize it was a boots and heels. You guys were, were, were part of were Yellow Wellies. Uh, so sorry about that, Becca. I thought it was just Lizzie, but um, I noticed you yourself as an NFU ambassador. What, what does that involve? Yeah, so this is, um, so it's specifically student and young farmer, um, a a programme, so it's aimed at people um, kind of 18 to 26, and it's something that I thought, well, I'm never going to apply for that, and you do, and then you think, oh my goodness, why did I kind of worry about it in the first place, and I think we should all kind of take that life advice of just do it, you know, you've got nothing to lose, Um, so basically you're um, on the programme for a year, there's 12 of us, so obviously I'm 26 and actively farming there's people who might be in associated industries they might be people still at uni or ag college so it's a, a complete kind of diverse range of people um across agriculture and we get to attend events like the lord mayor's show um nfu conference um we're going on a visit to the houses of parliament um coming up in a, in a couple of weeks so there's lots of events like that where we can interact with people who are often outside farming as well mm-hmm. and we're really trying to push the message about backing British farming you know in a nutshell um but from a young perspective because there's a lot of organizations where and the NFU I think some people in it would admit there's things where it is aimed a bit at older generations So this program is really trying to get a diverse young group of people who love everything to do with agriculture to to push this message. And that's how I've really tried to, or why I started my own personal social media pretty much 
I'd done about three posts in five years, never did it, not for me. And I thought, actually, now I've got the added platform of the NFU, there'll be some messages that I really want to share and really yeah. want to get out there. So it's just, it's an amazing opportunity. And I would, I'll be told off if I wouldn't give this a plug, but I genuinely would recommend it and get training in writing, social media. You get to do interviews for stuff, TV, radio. So it genuinely, there's so much that you can do as part of it. So I would recommend it to anyone. You're, you're tempting me, to be honest. I've got, uh, <laughs> Genuinely, give it a go. I've got a year left before I'm 26, so I could... Yeah, uh, well, that was it. If I didn't get on this year, there'd be no hope. Is, too old. is, there 20, is 26 your cut-off? Yeah, I think so. Does it mean you can apply if you're 26? Oh, I don't know, but... You, you you've apply... convinced both of us, clearly. Yeah, you've <laughs> no, because I'm thinking, I'm, I'm 27 in December, but I know that the application before that, so I'm like, hmm. <laughs> um, but it's, to be fair, I'm like, uh, we're both at an NFU thing tomorrow, actually. Um, aren't we, Bex? You're yeah, part so of the... Farmers for Schools. So you go into schools and, and, well, we're doing our training tomorrow. So you go into schools and basically tell them what you get up to on the farm, what a day in your life is like. I think they can come round, the children can come round your farm down the line as well. And um, so, yeah, it's kind of that getting education started as early as possible, really. So, yeah, should be exciting. I love that. Um you, you mentioned right at the start, uh, Lizzie, that you were in, you 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 had the little toy lamb that you've just found, and then yes. you went to primary school, and a, a cow a cow moves 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 it moves too, but a cow moves, <laughs> and then you go to high school and they kill the planet, right? And that that transition is scary, like that. that yeah, like problem, you know, I didn't really consider any like it's it's awful because you know you go to um like the supermarket and every day everybody needs to eat right yeah but we're not educated enough I just I just think there is is not enough in schools and even at uni the idea of a career in agriculture was never never even like a career events or anything it wasn't talked about um and that's why I really want to get involved in the education side I know Becca's going to be doing it amazingly from her ambassador side and being on farm but I'd like to bring that other perspective again, that heels perspective and be like, right, okay, not from a farming background. This is what we could be doing better because I've experienced it. Yeah. And um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really good to get involved and really thankful to the NFU for letting me join. No, absolutely. And what, what was the name of it? You said the name, Becca? Uh, Farmers for Schools. Yeah, it's, well, in... In Scotland, uh, I'm actually vice chair of, of one of the uh, county initiatives for a company, well, not a company, a uh, charity called RET, uh, which stands for Royal Highland Education Trust. It's run by Prince Charles, and it is all about getting kids onto farms, uh, farmers into schools, and all that sort of thing. And at the minute, <laughs> not at the minute, sorry, on Saturday, I plan on going home to Iron, and our hill is based on a volcano. Yeah, you missed a volcano shoot. Um, uh, and what I want to do is I've got a 3D camera here. Um, oh, amazing. And I have got the thing to put it on my helmet. And what people listening to this and not watching it are going to think, what is happening? Uh, <laughs> put the helmet on. And I'm just going to drive the quad up the top of the hill. Um, and we've got VR headsets for at the show stands. And we've got a quad where kids are going to be able to sit on the quad, put this VR headset on and go on this trip up the, the hill. And... Um, I cannot wait to see their faces if I have the ability to manage to film it and edit it, but we'll get into that. Um, 
and just getting that information out there because some of the some of the things are scary like um i've done lamb and lives before and i had a 45 year old man would be my guest asking where lamb comes from at a lambing live on a farm mm -hmm. with lambs in front of him um and that's not something to to laugh at that's something to be like right shit you don't know it let's let's talk about this um and one that sticks in my head is uh, uh my ex's friend had had a had a wee boy and he was three or four at this stage and he loved eggs which is great um, and she'd picked up like mum had picked up eggs from the local farm and told the wee boy like oh they're from the farm instead of the supermarket and he was like no, no I don't want eggs from from a farm I want eggs from the supermarket and like that's really cute and really funny but like there's also like an intrinsic scary thing in there like yeah. you really need to sort of change that narrative and uh, things like you guys are saying there is brilliant yeah because actually if we don't how can we expect people to buy local, buy British, engage with what we're doing on farm and kind of be invested in, okay, well, that's what you do for welfare. You're doing that for the environment to get this end, end goal. How can we expect people to engage if, if they don't understand it? And we say all the time, it's not ignorance that they don't understand it. No. I don't know what an accountant does day to day. I couldn't tell you how, how they do what they do. I don't know what you know a lawyer does day to day or a dentist or whatever. But we engage with it because we really need that kind of end product yeah. that they're doing. We really need this end product of food, but we can get it from other places. So by engaging people and really showing why we should get it from British farms and local farms, that's the only that's the only way we have to engage and we have to educate. Um, and we have to be honest about educating them as well, because there's a danger in showing the fluffy sides. And obviously your stuff is very like this is literally a lamb being born. You know, and that's really needed as well. And some people might not be keen to see that actual specific element of it, which is fine. But we do need to show that whole process, the good, the bad and the realities. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing that that's, I thought since I was really young, like, you know, I would bring friends to the farm when you were a kid and dad's like, oh, do you know what, lamb time, make sure they don't see the dead lamb. And I'm like, but it's real. <laughs> why dad and, and yeah. maybe at that stage I just wanted to get a reaction out of me you know but like uh, there was still that idea in my head and when I started R2K I did a video thing um talking about what I wanted to do and one of the things I said was I do not plan on hiding anything and now the thing is I'm working with a farm that's not mine it's my mum and dad's I don't work there so I've got to respect that as well um but I talk about hard lands I talk about hard caverns I talk about things that die I talk about um issues that occur on the farm you know um because it's real and, and, and it's so hard to relate to fakeness <laughs> um but I, I think getting that real story out there is, is brilliant and, and from what i see a lot of your interviews we talk about real stuff it's not just this is the farm we do great we make a lot of money it's it's you know it's it's going into the real stuff um real stories and such like uh talk about a lot of different um not shows, that's the wrong word, uh, sort of like events that you guys go to. One thing that I couldn't help but ask about was yous were models last week, um, or it certainly looked like you were models last week. <laughs> oh my God, we just say not quite bit. real life models. We tested it out, okay? No, it looked like models. It looked like models. Just saying. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Um, do you want to know what, what it was about? definitely yeah because i'd just like to say i never get asked to be a model for anything <laughs> well we um we oh gosh we have always said um sometimes if we can touch on other kind of topics 
and weave agriculture in it, people who might not be interested necessarily in farming as their core, like, core interest um, might learn something through another interest, such as we had Nigel Owens, who like, who, you know, rugby legend. If people like rugby, they may learn something about farming. Yes. So we um, did a podcast episode in the early days with Fem Country Magazine. So with Bronte Mitchell, who is fantastic. And um, we've kept in touch since. And she has, well, organised an event for York Fashion Week, which is the Country to City Muse, which basically brings um, kind of the countryside fashion to like urban fashion. And um, it's the first time that York Fashion Week's had like a country event, um, you know, with your big country brands like Fairfax and Favour, et cetera. Um, and we got chatting and she was like, oh, you girls should, should come. And we were like, yeah, why not? I think it'd be really good to talk about sustainable fashion to talk about um, kind of the countryside and how maybe if fashion can be bridged, so can like other aspects of farming. Mm. So we've done an exclusive video with them, um, which is hopefully coming out um, very soon. Um, and we started our whole new kind of team boots versus team heels challenges um, to get points between us, as you do. <laughs> and the challenge for this one was Bronte um, basically styled us in some of the brands and Becca was in heels, I was in boots. And we did, um, yeah, a test on the catwalk and Bronte decided who did it better. And you will find that out in the video, who gets the point. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I, I love the, com the competitions you have, it's class. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, we've just started that. So our first one was with um, Emma Gray and it's no secret now that I obviously won that one. <laughs> Even though most people doubted me, I still have one point. <laughs> so No one yeah. doubted you at all, Lizzie. You're putting yourself down. Um, it's funny <laughs> that you said that it was the sheepdog competition. Um, and as you've done that, uh, Tom Scott, who you may or may not have heard of, a uh, YouTuber down in England with about 5 million subscribers, uh, is uh, he's basically just taken to trying things. Um, and one of the things that he did was another guy you may or may not know of, a good friend of mine, Cammy Wilson's a sheep game, massive these days on YouTube. Um, yeah. He went up and he was he was doing that with him. And it was the same day those videos were released. I was, I was, yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, it was, it was quite surreal. I was like, they weren't with each other. Were they, were they, did they all do the same? I realised it wasn't related. Um, but uh, yeah. So I'm not going to try and pretend that something's changed. Uh, I am clearly on this insanely zoomed out picture. You can see my whole soul here. Um, it's huge. Uh, my iPad was dying, so I had to quickly jump out. It was quite embarrassing. I did that with Gareth Lynn Jones a couple of weeks ago, and I'm now doing it here again. And I said I was trying to show off to these interviewing people, and uh, I have screwed up entirely. Uh, but Listen, guys, it's been great to chat about um, the story of Becca and the story of Lizzie um, and sort of see that progression from completely different sides to then meeting in one company and then taking this this sort of this idea, running with it and creating, well, something very successful. So um, massive kudos on that. I think it's excellent to see. Um, we end every podcast with two questions. Uh, whether you know what it is or not, we will see. Um, 
but I quite like to ask these two questions just like that and uh, get an answer from you from you but because there's two of you I'm not going to ask both of them once because then whoever's answering first the other person gets time to think about it so the first question is and we'll start with Becca for this one where do you see yourself in five years um hopefully still on the farm but hopefully with maybe even like a bigger I see this as a bit boots and heels and everything is almost a diversification so hopefully with the diversification side of my kind of life and career you know getting bigger so farming still always there and always massive but more stuff like boots and heels hopefully and Lizzie where do you see yourself in five years who knows do you know what we're taking this one step at a time literally <laughs> um but no i'd like oh, to yeah, see of course. Good point. Uh, <laughs> i'd like to see as becca says you know boots and heels becoming um becoming bigger just to get our message out there further who knows might be like the new ant and deck <laughs> <laughs> please be better um <laughs> uh, i cannot wait to tune into our celebrity and uh, you guys standing there in your boots and your heels to be fair, I did say that I wanted, I'd love to be, I'd love to go on a celeb. Becca's not keen, but I'd love to go on the jungle. So if we can I mean, make that happen. I actually meant presenting, but yeah, you guys are going to be celebrities, so you might as well be at the, <laughs> the, the, the jungle. <laughs> like, literally, this is going to come out because you can see the model and celebrity, and I'm like, I really don't. <laughs> but you are. I don't think it's, you, there's no point in saying you're not. You clearly, you are, you clearly are. You were in Kelvin Fletcher's house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, that did happen. <laughs> yeah. Kelvin Fletcher's house, the, the natural progression from there is being in the jungle. Um, uh, yeah, so great. I, I can't wait to see you. I meant presenting, I'm a celebrity, but now seeing you eat tarantulas and stuff does sound quite hilarious. I'd give it a whirl. Would you? I, I wouldn't. So, yeah. Fair play. You wouldn't, Becca, no? Not for me. <laughs> like, you'd think it'd be the other way around, but I'm like quite game. I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll give this a whirl. <laughs> I've I've eaten quite a few insects. Just I was going to say out of hunger, and that wasn't the case. It was just out of greediness um, and and intrigue. Um, but I actually steepled in the bottom of a full fence in one of the fields when I was younger with my mum, and uh, she turned around and I picked up two ladybirds, and she was like, "Oh, how beautiful are they, Wallace?" And I just went, "Started, <laughs> 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 yeah, um, yeah. Uh, oh, I was going to say, you said, yeah." Beth, you mentioned that you see it as a diversification, and that's so true. We think of diversification as renewables, as, as houses, as starting a gin business. That's like a good idea. I'd quite like to do that. But um, all these things, doing this is a diversification. Now, we don't have to get into what money you earn and stuff like that, but I've happily said on a few occasions that I now earn money from R2K. Yes, it's not pushing my salary out of the way, but it's an addition, and and. It's great you're able to generate that. Did you see it as that when you started? Did you see that? De um, definitely not. And I would, as you say, I'm not making my millions yet. You know, I'm still in my, in my, you know, ripped fleece and dirty shorts. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not doing that. And it probably is never going to be that. But I think the good thing about kind of Lizzie and I's attitude to it is that we're still the girls who started under a blooming duvet trying to record a podcast so the sound sounded all right. Yeah. And we're not going to stray from that. The message is never going to change. You know, if if we get, you know, you know, Farmers Weekly supporting us and they obviously make it happen and, you know, what whatever happens, 
but it's away from the farm and it's not big, but it's a little bit extra. And that's that's important because that justifies the time I'm spending away from the farm, which again is important because I have to keep my mum and dad happy. You know, when I'm saying, oh, well, I'm swanning off here and swanning off there. If, you know, if I'm doing it and I'm breaking even, basically, brilliant. That's that's what I need to be doing because at the end of the day, I work for them, you know, and I can't, I can't take, you know, I can't take the monkeys with, with the time I'm spending on it. So yeah, we're not millionaires yet, but watch this space. <laughs> but, but like you said, you said it's not huge, but what was it three months ago and what is it now? Yeah. And that, and that's what happens in this whole internet thing. <laughs> um, you might be like flat, 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 flat. And I know my podcast is a perfect example of this from January until the 10th of April, I had 10,000 views and now I'm sat at 32. Like, and that's happened in three weeks, you know, like that, that's how it works. Yeah. It, something just happens. Um, and yeah, so maybe you will be millionaires in a week or so. Maybe not <laughs> a week or so, a year or so. Um, but I, I like that you mentioned it as a diversification because I think we're starting to see YouTube as a diversification. Um, but it's nice to realise that, you know, there's other ways that isn't just YouTube. That's not the only diversification at the minute. Yes, you can monetize videos on YouTube for sure and you can make big money. Graham Parker drives a Lamborghini for that reason. Um, things like that, but also Instagram, um, looking at sponsorships, which I'm sure how you guys are, are working, same as myself. There's so many different ways. And, and for, for people listening, I know this podcast started um, when I originally started doing interviews back in 2020. Uh, someone, Charlotte, if you want to see our story, put the R2Cast number 33. It's weird that I know every number. <laughs> um, uh, oh, you can see our story. She said, you know, um, I'm dyslexic and it makes more sense to hear this because you tried a podcast, did the podcast. And that is now diversification. And if people are out there realising that there's more ways than just dozing yows and driving a combine, and there's there's diverse ways out there. It's cool that you mentioned it that way. Um, I think just on that, Lizzie and I were so conscious because we've secured our first sponsor, which is amazing, which is A-Plan Rural, and they just they just get what we're doing, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to them for basically believing in the whole concept. But we don't want to be commercial, and we don't want our viewers and listeners to think, oh, well, they're just in it for the money. They're just trying to rake in sponsors. Sponsors enable us to keep doing what we're doing and to do it even better and even, even more and travel further and push the message further so I think that's a really important thing and it's not it's not shameful to talk about the fact that you've had to bring somebody else in as a sponsor and it's often viewed that way but it's not they the reason you get a sponsor is because particularly for us we all believe in the same things about the rural and agricultural communities and that's important it's not about commercializing it and money it's about what they help us to do I think it's the opposite of shameful. I think it's I think it's something you should be proud of. I know mm-hmm. personally, I'm proud that I managed to get sponsored for something. Um, yeah. Uh, could you, just when you've mentioned it, could you tell us a bit about what AP AP Rural is? Yeah, I, I was. I thought you were going to go there, Max. I was like, right. <laughs> um, no. So they've um, sponsored us for season three, um, and Apan Rural is um, an interesting for right. rural community. Is that the best way to 
kind of describe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they have like, they align their values and ethos very much with what we're trying to do, um, you know, educate the public and reach out further. And yeah, they're very, very supportive of what we do. So I can't thank them enough. Brilliant. Good stuff. Good stuff. And the second question I ask everyone, I'll start with you, Lizzie, this time. Um, if you had tips, and you're actually the, the, this is nothing against you, Becca. You're maybe the, the, the interesting one for this this question. Um, if you had tips for someone coming into the industry, what would they be? If I had tips for them? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I love watching believe, people take Believe in yourself. No, no, no question is a stupid question. Just bloody ask it. Can I say that? Blooming ask it. <laughs> no, you absolutely can say that. And I just want to say I totally agree. I tell every student that comes to the, the course, when I was a student, I asked a question about a three-ton cow. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I said we had a three-ton cow in the farm and I asked a question. And that was someone from a farm. That was a silly question I was trying to show off. But the thing is, basically, it can't be as stupid as that question. There's no such thing. I agree. Yeah, you just got to keep learning and don't compare. It's very easy to see all these amazing people online, um, but just take a, take a moment and reflect on what you're doing and be proud of yourself. And you're, you two are the, one, of the most, one of the amazing people you're talking about, I take it, yeah? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm proud of us. I'd like Good. to say that. Yeah, Good. I am proud of us. You know, we, we do work hard and yeah, I'd like to think we've, quite far in a year <laughs> yeah you have and, and you should be proud of it it's nice to hear someone say they're proud of it proud of themselves because it's almost like we've got to say nah that's rubbish I've never done it yeah anything. it's almost like downplay it but actually it's not arrogance it's just kind of you know giving yourself some self-love <laughs> self-love Becca what about yourself any tips um I would say be brave because it's very hard to ask somebody you don't know be like can I come and work on your farm can I have work experience so be brave and if that's something you really want to try just try it the other thing and this is said a lot but you'll probably have to do some work for free which seems really rubbish to begin with but the experiences you'll get from just throwing yourself into job well I say jobs but kind of work that you'd never usually get the chance to is one of the best things you can do and then the other thing I would say is try out different kind of sectors. So don't just think, oh, well, there's a sheep farm down the road, so I'll go and help with those sheep. You could be like, oh, well, actually, there's, I don't know, you know, an engineer, like an ag engineer down the road. Is that something I could do? It, you know, I haven't done that at uni. I've never studied engineering. I've never done anything like that at school. But is there another route in for me? Can I do it as an apprenticeship or or whatever? So just look at other sectors and not maybe the stereotypical route in. I like that one a lot. Um, yeah, from a beef and sheep farm, we were done it my whole life. And I made the decision to make sure to go to an arable place because I wouldn't understand it if I didn't. Um, mm -hmm. and by example, like there's, there's, yeah, absolutely. Um, you might find one that you love. You might go to a dairy farm next door and be like, this is for me, but go try something else. No, I think- Dairy I think, was for me. What was that dairy? Dairy was for me. I love dairy cows. I just could not be <laughs> with the times. I, like, I mean, I, I don't need much sleep. I went through about five years of my life where I genuinely slept about three hours a night. Um, but I just 
the nah. <laughs> wouldn't be a fan. Um, sorry to every dairy farmer listening. <laughs> yeah, the the hate com- comments now you're gonna get Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, trolls are within apparently. I am one. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, quite the opposite. It's a, it's a commendation more than anything. Um, listen, guys, it's been great to chat. Uh, we have been talking back and forth for the best part of two months now. Um, and if we want to do some kind of Instagram live, that would be good fun. Uh, yeah, we should definitely do that. And then we could meet in person at some point. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And wait, before you go, I don't think you're going to get away with it either. I know exactly what's going to happen. We're going <laughs> to ask you, even though this is your podcast, are you Team Boots or Team Heels? So I actually am going to side with you, Lizzie, uh, because, because I think everyone wants to see me in heels. Yeah. <laughs> I do oh have my gosh. Um, <laughs> a fancy pair of cowboy boots here, uh, but they barely fit. That clue me. was in the name, cowboy boots. You could yeah, have no, boots. I know, I do have a lot of boots. I funnily enough don't have any heels. Uh, Yet. However, it could be good fun. If we can, as I said, I tried to arrange some size 12 heels and there is a photo there of me in heels somewhere. And I think if we do meet up, we have to try and find some heels and I will try them on for the fun. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. But it's nice to know I've got another TH. <laughs> where, where are we? Who's who's winning? We'd have to add them up. If we're going to go all of all time, we'd have to add them up. Season three, we're pretty, pretty split at the minute. Have yeah. you got a note of them all? Do you know what? We oh, need to actually do that. Wait for me listening back to every podcast we've ever done. <laughs> and I'll be like, I can remember so, like most of them, but I couldn't tell you a number, which is something you probably do. When you get big enough, which I assume is quite soon, uh, someone will go back and do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh my yeah. gosh. Well, see who wins on the challenges as well. That's that's another one. So. Gonna have challenges, and and does a does a challenge win count as two team heels or team boots? I mean, that's the. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh, we're gonna have to draw up a rule, like a list of rules, aren't we? Yeah, I can do it. I can I can function some Excel cells. I love Excel. <laughs> well, that's it, Wallace. You're hired. Ideal. That's it. Yeah, diversification. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's, I, I knew that question was coming, and I had actually been thinking about it. Um, it's no, it's been great. It's been good to finally chat. Um, and it's, it's for you guys. I'm sure it's been quite strange being on the other side. I know you've done it's been it. Fun. Um, oh, I'm glad. Glad it's been fun. Uh, you've you've seen me on two different camera angles, which is fun. <laughs> uh, and yeah, no, it's been really good to finally sort of get that chat going. And yeah, hopefully we can do that Instagram live at some point. Hopefully we can meet up. And we can maybe do some kind of challenge. Whether you want me to cart grain at your farm, Becca, and heels. Or- <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. And uh, yeah, we'll, ca- we'll keep in touch anyway. And for everyone listening, I cannot tell you who's on next week because this is me just starting filming another batch of podcasts. I hope you enjoyed Joel Salton last week. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, Becca and Lizzie this week. And we'll see who is podcast number 44. See you for the next one. Well, that's it. Another R2 cast finished, another agricultural mind opened up. And I would just like to say that getting these guests on board uh, does take time uh, and it always has done. But I've now went weekly 
and with that comes even more time required. And I would just like to finally thank once more The Scottish Farmer for sponsoring the show and making that much more possible. Please be sure to get in touch if you've any ideas of people you'd like to see on the podcast or maybe ideas you have for me presenting better because I definitely do require that. See you in the next one.